Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to that Gabby Rosen podcast, part of the Acast Creator Network. Tom Reed Wilson is my guest this week. He's an utterly joyous person. We talk words dads, musicals. Yes, we couldn't resist having a little sing-along together. He chats about how he got cast in Celebs Go Dating via his audition on The Voice and his glorious time on Britain's Best Home Cook and Mary Berry's Fantastic Feasts. If there were more people like Tom, the world would be a much kinder place. He doesn't sit in judgment on anyone and we could all learn a huge amount if we just took time to listen to Tom's wisdom. Or now we can read his wisdom because he's going to have two books out, a kid's book and an adult book. And he talks about those two. Oh, and did I mention we talk about musicals? Please, can I ask you a favor? Would you mind following and subscribing, please? By clicking the follow or subscribe button. This is completely and utterly free, by the way. And you can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts, which is the purple app on your iPhone or iPad. Simply scroll down to the bottom of all of the episodes. I know there have been quite a few now. And you'll see the stars where you can tap and rate and also please write a review. Thank you so much. Hello, Tom. Hello, darling. How are you? Oh, oh, my lovely Tom. Oh, it's so lovely to have you dancing on my tympanic membrane. <laughs> I, can, I can see your countenance so clearly. I'm just closing my eyes and imagining you. You are so beautiful. Are you surrounded by cushions and pillows? and Yes, I am. <laughs> I've got, so I'm going to tell you, I've got um, the, the blue sleeping bag that the kids take on school camp. I've got an old flowery zip up sort of duvet sleeping bag for when the kids were little and their friends used to come and stay. I've got my eldest daughter's duvet behind me and I've got all the cushions off the bed to my left and I'm sitting on two chairs. How about you? Uh, well, my microphone is being propped up by my little William Mollet, uh, William Morris pillow and then I've got another pillow underneath the laptop and then I've got a lovely old tapestry that my granny did behind me and I'm on a chair so I think I've got enough padding and cushioning Good, I'm pretty, I'm so pretty well insulated I've got so how I'm starting this is my youngest daughter uh wants me to ask you something because as you know the family 
adore you. Um, <laughs> you are officially a member of the family. But um, oh, okay, no. uh, she wants me to ask you this: Do you know the word "flocky knocky naha"? Oh gosh, I don't. She says it. Oh, flocky knocky nahification or something. Yes, it's the. It's supposed to be the longest word alongside anti-disestablishmentarianism, isn't it? Yes. Um, uh, and I know both of those words, um, but I don't know. I don't know what the former means. Okay, so I've got. I think I can say, flocky knocky nahilipification. That's it. So I'm going to. Oh. Uh, yes, but she wants you to do it for one of your words uh. of the day. Oh, that would be brilliant. But can you imagine the etymology of that? There must be about 73 roots in it. <laughs> no, I can't even. I, I don't know how. It's her most. She gets so excited about it because she just says, I don't think Tom will know it. And it's, she's been t telling me well, this Well, she's quite days. right. But, but my dad, my dad always used to cite that as the longest word in the English language because he was an English teacher. Um and then I, I have a feeling, and I might be wrong and, and people must contradict me, but I have a feeling that anti-disestablishmentarianism is ever so slightly longer. But I may well be wrong because I'm often wrong. Never, <laughs> never, ever. Do you know, is it funny? I play a, a word game. My, my father's uh, about to be 87 and my youngest is 14. And I'm 33 and will be forever. Um, but the, the three of us, when my uh, my oldest girl is at university, so the three of us play the word game every week. So we choose a word and then you have to make lots of words out of one word. And it's really good for my dad's brain. And I really want my dad to keep his, his mind going. And he loves word games. He loves Scrabble, all of that. Oh, gosh, boy, after my own heart. But my youngest always gets the killer word. And she gets really chuffed that she finds the killer word. It's, oh, it's so, I see. she loves it. Well, well, I think our dads must be rather alike because my dad, um, he just, he was an English teacher before he retired and he just adores words and very often we'll meet up and, um, and he'll pause in the middle of the street and start reading off synonyms for the last word that he just said. And oh, I remember wow. the, last, the last time it happened, he said, well, my children, this has been lovely, but fleeting, brief, ephemeral. And he just went on and on with synonyms. And so you can imagine as sproglets ingesting all of this, how how many polysyllables we were exposed to because because he would stop in his tracks and it was amazing because you'd see him sort of hypnotized by his own gray cells for a minute but that but i mean you've got uh because was it your grandfather and your great-grandfather were all teachers yes and i suppose that profession is responsible for my existence really because um i grew up first uh, on Bradfield College College campus, and my maternal grandfather was a French master. My maternal great grandfather was a, a master there, and that's how my granny and my grandpa met. And my dad was an English teacher at the same school, and that's how they met. So it was most extraordinary. It happened for for three generations. 
Um, but uh, it was it was a bit of an accident with my parents, and it probably, what do you mean? What do well, you mean? Well, it sort of. Uh, my mum was ripe for romance, and my dad was sort of uh, sort of bumbling along, a bit of a confirmed bachelor, really, and was very caught up in it all. And I, I think they perhaps should never have. Being married, but I'm glad that they were, and and now I think they're both tickled by it because they were such extraordinarily divergent characters, which can of course work sometimes, but in their case, um, <laughs> it was a very it was the odd couple, you know, and uh, and it was never meant to be, but but once they separated and we got to know them both individually. We, we were endlessly tickled by their mismatch, and I think so were they. And they, they, uh, they became great friends after that. Oh, how wonderful! Yes, yes. Um, but they, I mean, they couldn't be more different. I, the closest thing, and I think it's why I love the musical so much, is My Fair Lady, because my dad was this sort of bookish, much older man, and my mum was this sort of fiery glamorous young thing and uh and it was a kind of tempestuous but wonderful and very entertaining relationship i mean it was most diverting as a child to 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 watch them interact but in in what way what what do you what are your memories of that my dad was just sort of he i guess he was the kind of pragmatic uh person in the household and and my mum was sort of she was very theatrical and uh and quite fiery and um and very very dynamic and it it just was a very curious um balance and I feel like a very strange cocktail of both of them yes the way you've described them, that's exactly, I mean, a, a very beautiful cocktail. I'm going to take the word strange away and create <laughs> and put replace it with a beautiful cocktail because the, the fiery actor in you and yet this great knowledge of the English language and, <laughs> and joy of the English language. So the two haven't created, the, the two of them have created you which and you sound like that perfect cocktail of them. <laughs> Well, I always think that my kind of naughtiness and my anthracite twinkle, which occasionally flares out, comes from mummy. And uh, and then my slightly, and I emphasise the word slightly, more sensible side comes from daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she was a wonderful actress too. I mean, I remember seeing her, um, because... Uh, these schools that I grew up in, Bradfield and Pangbourne, uh, they're now both mixed. But I think I'm right in saying that um, when they met, they were both boys' schools. And so they would ask sort of younger spouses of faculty or or, or, um, or daughters of faculty to, to play parts in plays. And I remember seeing my mum in black comedy that wonderful play that Maggie Smith did, and she was brilliant. And I was really knee-high to a grasshopper, so it's a nebulous memory. Um, But then I saw her when I was a bit older at Pangbourne playing Desdemona, and she was electrifying. 
She was absolutely wonderful. So that is exactly where you get that side of you. I mean, I, it's interesting because I think a lot of people, you know, you first, people first saw you, I suppose, on The Voice. Um, oh, you were so yes. wonderful. Excellent. Oh, you ate the positive. Oh, and Gabby, was, I can't believe you've seen it. Well, yes, completely, oh, of course. Of course. Well, it's our mantra, isn't it? Accentuate the positive. Absolutely. And what you did, you lit up the screen when you came out. And and obviously your word of the day on social media, which is huge and, and you know, the, the most engaging thing. I love looking, funnily enough, I, I mean, apart from the fact that I always want to know what the word is and my kids always do as well. <laughs> but And my husband, who's not on social media, but he'll say to me, oh, what's Tom's word today? Oh, oh sorry, I haven't shown you. But, oh, that I love. No, seriously, that's true. But but what I love is the comments you get below from people from all walks of life. And it's you're bringing the English language to life for them. But sorry, what I'm going back to is that they don't yes. know that you they see you as a presenter and as this sort of this beautiful character. But they don't know your musical theatre that you've trained as, a, as an actor at Rose Bruford. They, they don't know that side of you. Well, yes. And, and of course, that's how we first met, because um, I was training at the Royal Academy of Music. And I know that when you did, uh, when Harry met Sally in Chicago, you had uh, voice lessons from the doyenne of voice, uh, Mary Hammond, I always feel like saying Dame Mary. I know, she should be. <laughs> she's she not yet. Be. Yes, from our With her bright to red tears. hair and all With her jewels. Lame red hair and jangling, exactly, yes. And um, she was, it was her penultimate year when I was at the Academy. And she did this wonderful car, uh, class called um, The Integration of Acting and Song. And I used to bake for it uh, every week. So I would rate very tall, as they said in musical with with Mary because she liked that and um, we did a big Christmas concert at the Actors Church and you were hosting it. I was and I remember it so well it was for it was for an AIDS charity and yes. HIV and AIDS charity and um, and she was there and I was so thrilled that she was there because she really is a character. If she's well this, she, she greeted you with a B flat you know, suddenly uh, there was this sort of penetrating B flat from the back of the, the I was going to say the stalls, the pews <laughs> in the actor's <laughs> church. And you spun round and said, oh, Mary. <laughs> could only be Mary. It could only be. But yes. then, so you, you performed there beautifully. You all, you sung. Yes, and then we yes. were lucky enough to meet on the Moonwalk, another charity. You do so much for charity, but um, uh, yes. on the Moonwalk for breast cancer charities. And we sung musical theatre from midnight to four in the morning, walking around we did. London. Well, oh. I, I remember you and I saying, what would be apropos? What about a moon medley? And then we were both completely floored by just how many songs there are about moons. <laughs> we, I mean, we did Moon River and... By the light of the silvery moon. By the and light I, of oh. the silvery moon. 
I want to spoon, want a spoon, want a spoon to my honey. I'll croon love's tune. Oh, you've just got <laughs> oh, such I a love lovely that. voice. But but <laughs> Wait, it's in my boots today. <laughs> in all, well, your boots sing beautifully. Um, all of this, though, is it's very interesting because when people know that we're friends, they'll say. Oh, you mean the guy from Celebs Go Dating? And what that did was it catapulted you to an audience that would have never, ever known you. It couldn't be yes. further from the audience that already knew you, really, could it? No, and it, you're right. And it was complete accident uh, rather than design in sort of three phases, I suppose, because I was doing a play at that lovely Theatre Royal Windsor. And it was very dodgy old Francis Durbridge murder mystery. And I was a very unlikely suspect. Oh, what was it called? It was called Sweet Revenge. Love. <laughs> but you know, he used to write radio plays and he never really modified them for the stage. So you would have things like um, Marion would come in and say, gosh, these suitcases I'm carrying are heavy. And you'd sort of think, yeah, you, the audience can see them now. <laughs> you don't really need to say that. <laughs> but anyway, so I was doing that and I sort of thought, this is silly. I, I, I'm very lucky to be working, but I'm sort of bumbling along, not really penetrating the upper echelons. And I've got to do something bold and intrepid, which is not in my nature. And so I decided on a whim to audition for The Voice. And I did. And and you probably know this, Gabby, but it, it's quite different from The X Factor insofar as um, they do all of their auditions, good, bad and indifferent, on screen. Whereas The Voice do a great many behind the scenes. I think I had about six um, over the course of that summer and I had to kind of steal away from the show and do the audition, come back and wait and wait and not tell a soul. And, um, and finally, I got on screen before the judges and I flopped terribly but the show itself was incredibly kind to me because on the day to sort of uh, uh, warn me they said you know because you flopped it, it if you're lucky you'll get your whole song if you're unlucky you'll end up on the cutting room floor and I said okay fine and then I watched it and th there was eight minutes of me I mean my whole interview, my whole backstory, uh, my whole exchange with the judges, indeed the song as well. And because of that, a wonderful lady named Frankie Nickel was putting together Celebs Go Dating and they knew they wanted two love gurus and then a third character who was sort of inexpert but but very kind to people, <laughs> sort of an ear, shoulder, bosom type role. And so and then she thought of me. And so she asked me to go to Lion Pictures. And I remember very, very greenly sort of sitting, talking to camera for an hour. And and that was it. And wow. the, thing that, the thing that really sold it to me was that um, they said, uh, you can't really go wrong because we don't know what we want this element of the show to be. So you may end up being cut as though you were never there, cut out totally. Um, or, you know, if we like little bits and pieces, we'll sieve for the golden nuggets and we'll put those in. And uh, so it was really after the fact that I discovered what was useful to them and, and what they wanted and what the 
edit were tickled by and and what they weren't. And uh, and so then then I learned. I sort of cut my teeth that way. But it's a great but it was way so to do accidental. it. No, but it really is a great way to learn. And and obviously with somebody that had every confidence in you. I mean, you know, you're you're when you stand up and and accept every BAFTA that will be coming to you and every TV award and your Oscar and your Emmys and all the rest of it in the future, you'll always have to thank her because yes. she 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 put you there. And that's so lovely to name her. She is amazing, Frankie, because she does an enormous amount of casting and her antennae shoot up. For example, um, she was responsible for casting Ken um, in Love Island and he had been on Celebs Go Dating and Ken is quite diminutive and a lot of the girls that series were particularly tall and so they tended to gravitate towards people of their height and Frankie just knew that he was special and so she thought, okay, well, I'm sort of pleased in a way that they didn't pick him because I'm going to save him for something else because she just, she's very, very good at, at spotting people. That uh, And, I, and I, I love that. There is a benevolence to that kind of casting. Yeah, and it's it's wonderful, though, that I love people. that A proper casting agent, oh, they're very valuable people. They really are. If they're listening yes. to this, I really do mean that. Because I don't need to be cast, thank goodness, in anything. Uh, but I, <laughs> but so that's not me. I'm not, I'm not um, blowing smoke up anybody's bottom. I literally mean that. I think uh, I'd love to do it for a while, though. Oh, goodness me. I'd well, love to Well, you know, Donnie, I, I don't know if you know this, but that's my sister's job. And there's never been any nepotism. Actually, she specialises in casting children and she did all the casting for What Would Your Kid Do? And I love watching her cast because the reason she's so good at casting children is that she becomes a kind of tabula rasa for the child to paint on. So I think very often the casting people are enormously charismatic and gregarious and that's how they get that sort of ping pong in a casting tape. But Miranda's sort of the other way. She's like a great long fishing line and she draws people out. And I think that's why she's so effective with young people because they'll start off rather shyly and then all of their timid nature melts away as she bolsters them. And it's a wonderful exercise to, to see. I've seen her do it a couple of times and it's dazzling to me. Well, that she gets that obviously from the teacher element throughout, you know, that. Yes, that you know, I never of... thought of that, but you're quite right. Yes, it is. I, I suppose it's that sort of um, munificent, benevolent steering. Yes, and patient. You're quite right. I've never made that connection. But that's Yeah, true. I've thought of something that Tom <laughs> hasn't thought of. That's, that's, that's so first. true. <laughs> that's so true, darling. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I just want to go back to celebs go dating because as I was saying that it it's one of the, you know, I hate the expression guilty pleasure. And you and I have had this conversation before. I hate it when people yes. say, oh, my guilty pleasure is whatever. Why can't people just say, oh, I enjoy watching that. And I, I remember there was a show years ago called Blind Date. And nobody, oh, yes. nobody admitted that they watched Blind Date. And I was, I, I then... I was very lucky to do a Saturday night show for four years on the BBC called Whatever You Want. And people used to say, oh, no, 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 I I don't watch that. But I love that moment that that child won the ice cream thing. And I love that moment, (laughs) but I don't watch it. And I think, what? It is funny. And it's the same with Celebs Go Dating that I'll, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll mention you. And so I'm going to say, oh, he's that guy that does that show where the, you know, the celebrities who I don't know who they are, they date, but I don't know what it's called. And I'll say, oh, celebs go dating. Yeah, I don't watch it. But did you see that guy from uh, uh, TOWIE? Oh, yeah. Oh, how did you see it? Oh, I don't know. It must have been on in the background. It's funny, isn't it? Is that, what is it? Is that it a is snobby funny. thing? I guess so. I guess so. And I, it's a funny thing because actually, funny enough, talking about the early days of celebs go dating, I am genuinely one of those people. I mean, I I would watch Question Time and the odd Attenborough documentary. <laughs> you sound it. like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and and I remember saying to the gentleman who, whose baby it was, I said, "Do you mind? Is it awful? Should I do my homework and and know everybody as they cross the threshold?" and he said, no, please never do your homework because uh, uh, we're quite tickled by the fact that you're not sure whether they're from a documentary or, <laughs> or whatever, whatever it might be. And so so I didn't in those days. But now, by default, and just through Celebs Go Dating, I do know a lot of a lot of the people because there's a lot of interconnectivity. Um, so, but I, I still have never watched... Um, I've never watched a single episode of TOWIE or Made in Chelsea. Um, but I love that because it means that when they come to us, I have no preconceptions at all. Um, they really are a tabula rasa and I can uh, make my opinions based on what I see and and and, uh, and their conversations with me. And I, I think it's probably the best way. Uh, and what I love is that... Uh, 
your your real friendship that you have with you have the most eclectic group of friends. You know, from from the Towie people to to wonderful yes. Harriet Thorpe, who is a great oh, dame of charm. I would just adore her. You know, she's a great yes. dame of theatre and of television, and was in Abfab and all sorts. So you've oh, got and, you know you've wonderful. got across the board, and you there's no snobbishness or no you don't sit in judgment it's a very very rare thing to have somebody who doesn't sit in judgment and you are one of those people you don't judge anybody from from their background their accent their color their religion their sexuality if more people could be and i've said this to your face if more people could be like you this world would be a much 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 kinder friendlier warmer place but where does that come from was that something that you just it's just in you or is it something you feel very passionate about i mean it's you you are like that and i hope you admit that of yourself well um i think I, I think really that you waste so much time and and you waste so much of people if you're not looking for everything that's delicious about them, you know, because to sort of say I have a type of person, I, that is absolutely baffling to me because there are all kinds of intelligence, there are all kinds of insight. And I think the richer your tapestry, the more effulgent threads pop out at you and you think gosh if I'd never met that person I'd never have had that perspective and to to fill your life with people that are so like-minded that you're looking at one tiny little patch of that tapestry I think is very short-sighted and I think it, it doesn't serve you you know I think the rich pageant of life has so much to offer. We must never limit ourselves or box ourselves off or in or anything like that. You love a conversation as well. And I, I mean, you're like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by people as are you, uh, but I don't believe that anybody's boring. I think everybody has a story if people will just listen. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think that everything, I think, when you see somebody and you see the way they interact and behave and realize that there are myriad tiny gossamer threads that led to that complete person. And I, I, I'm one of those people, and I think you are too, darling, that just wants to sort of pick at them a little bit, tug at them and sort of see which one had what kind of impact and when and where. I just find it interminably fascinating people are fascinating i think that's why people can sit in cafe windows and be hypnotized by people walking past and sort of thinking i wonder why he's slightly slumped i wonder why he walks leading from the sternum i wonder it's part of being an actor too isn't it you just sort of watch people and you think oh look at that person their their toes are always upturned as they land on the floor and they sort of have a benign smile as they move about and you and you sort of think gosh i'm i'm a have a go anthropologist really because humanity in all its in all its facets and and hues is endlessly endlessly diverting i could do it all day though i could literally sit and watch and listen other people all day and I wouldn't have I wouldn't think it was a waste of a day at all no 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 and uh, very often if I 
see celebs go dating back, there will be great swathes of stuff that I don't remember because I was sort of <laughs> sitting hypnotized by somebody just listening completely agog, you know? <laughs> and I go, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Do you know, it's very interesting. I think another thing that, that you have is that uh, I think anybody would trust you with anything. Do you feel that responsibility? Oh, gosh, I am a bottomless well of other people's secrets. And did, But do you feel that that's quite a heavy thing to carry around? Um, I think it was, I think it was when I was a child, because I, I had, I held all of my parents' secrets and uh, uh, most of my family's secrets. And, and I guess because I was the eldest, the buck sort of stopped with me in a, in a curious way. Um, but now I don't mind so much. In fact, I'm always very, very flattered when somebody picks me to, uh, uh, to be there their counsel and their sucker, really. Um, I find it enormously flattering um, that they should think that I could be able to help or just be the best person to listen in that particular moment. I, I love that. And it's a, it's a lovely responsibility, and it is a responsibility, but it's one of the nicer ones in life, I think. <laughs> yes, actually, that's right. What are the responsibilities you don't like? Which are the ones you... you... You, that you're not oh, well, interested any, in. any any brown envelope that comes through the door, I could, <laughs> I could happily do without. Oh, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, talking of responsibility as well, uh, that's where I want to come back to your um, to your sister because you're super close and and oh, as yes. you are to your beautiful to, nephews. Oh, my beautiful, beautiful nephews. Well, the thing is. Um, they were born in, in Woolwich and I was living in South London at the time. And uh, I would have Artie. I mean, they called me the third parent and I also have three godchildren in Muswell Hill and they call me the third parent. And I <laughs> spend most of my free time in those days anyway, zipping about all over London um, to take them on adventures. And it sounds enormously altruistic I honestly it was the most selfish thing <laughs> because I loved it and I even loved the yucky stuff like I love I love changing nappies I was because <laughs> you can the, give them back and you don't have to do it constantly well that's true that is very true I've not had to do it around the clock but I always think it's the only gift a baby can give you you know is is is, <laughs> is the filling of their nappy and I think oh thank you, Dan. I'm glad you decided to do it with me. But Just they remind me when I'm an old lady to come to you. Go, oh, Tom. <laughs> but <laughs> I no, I... <laughs> no, but I just I, I adore them. And once a week. At least once a week, Artie and I would spend a whole day in London and we'd go to the Science Museum and the V&A and we'd see children's shows. In fact, I took him to the theatre for the first time when he was 10 months old to see um, an adaptation of his favourite book, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. And he was the most, he couldn't be more different to his little brother, Albie, who was the most placid baby I've ever met. But 
Artie was so active. He was so high octane right from the beginning. And this was the first time he was ever still. And at 10 months old, he had 10 words. And we went, one of which was wow. And we went into the theatre and um, he looked up at the gods and he just went, at 10 months, he just went, wow. And I thought, oh, I've got him. <laughs> I've got him. That's <laughs> just giving me goosebumps. That's incredible. Oh, it was amazing. And for the first time in his life, it was it was uh, designed for children, this this adaptation. And it was only 45 minutes long, therefore. And he was stock still for the whole thing. And it was the first time in his whole 10 months that he'd been still. And it was, it was dazzling. It was dazzling. And he, he adores it, Gabby. In fact, um, not that long ago, uh, just before the pandemic, actually, we went to see Mary Poppins and oh, uh, uh, oh. Um, at the Prince Edward Theatre. Wonderful. And just before, no, it was in the interval, he looked up at the box and he said, Uncle Tom, is that a very small theatre? And I thought, isn't that clever? Because you know how it sort of, it does almost look like a cross arch. And um, and I thought, gosh, this sort of um, fascination in the anatomy of the theatre is starting to develop too. And he, he was fascinated when Bert walked up the cross arch and tap danced on the seat. I mean, as you would be, but it was the kind of architectural nature of it. He was kind of fascinated oh, by. Such a wonderful show. Oh, oh, isn't it brilliant? We did sing that as well. Walking past Mary Poppins, uh, we all sang Supercalifragilistic and oh. it was one of my happy Oh, of yes. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Can you do it backwards, darling? No, you can. Go on. You know, you can say it backwards, which is Docious Addy Ex Bistic Fragicati Rupus, but that's going a bit too far, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. So when the cat has got your tongue, there's no need for dismay. Oh. I love it. I love it. Do you know, it's very interesting. I have I have this conversation all the time at home because my husband, of, of all the ridiculous uh, mismatches, um, my husband does not get musical theatre. We took him to my, my, my girls who are 20 and 14. Um, the, I asked the 14-year-old the other day, oh, what's your favourite band? Because I was going into Virgin and they were talking about a new band. And she said, yes. why? So I said, well, have you heard of blah, blah? And she said, no, mum, all I want to listen to is musical theatre. And my, oh. my my big girl is the same. She only listens to musical theatre. And same with me. And I work out to musical theatre, but my husband <laughs> doesn't get it. And we took him to 42nd Street with Bonnie Langford. And oh, he walked I away from see. that and he said, okay, that I get. That is musical theatre. Yes. But he doesn't get the other stuff, I suppose. But you see, this this is... The difficulty with saying I don't like musicals, because saying I don't like musicals is very much like saying I don't like food, because they're so different, you know, and there are musicals that I can't stand. I'm not a big fan of jukebox musicals, because I'm so, so profoundly appreciative of the artistry of having a scene and then very, very carefully segueing into a song almost seamlessly that that sings the subtext of the preceding scene you know that all that all that amazing subtext that you get in a play 
the character is allowed to tell the audience in a musical soliloquy. And I think that is art at the very highest form. And, and if it's just sort of dialogue, clunk, song, to me, that's not necessarily a musical. That sounds very, very snobby. But, you know, I, I think sometimes when people say, I don't like musicals, they have legitimately had a very bad experience of a bad musical. Um, but it's like when Follies was on at the National, which is sort of perfect. <gasps> wow. And, and I saw it four times. And that, and there were people that I had seen, you know, who, who go to the National all the time. And they go 99% of the time for plays. And you knew that they were there because it was, it was part of the National season and that they were coming back because they recognised something really superlative. And it, it's, it's funny because when you know musicals intimately, you sort of look for things like, is it a perfect rhyme? Is that song completely bespoke to character or could any character have sung it? Um, is it singing the subtext of the scene? Do they have really singular voices? All of those things. But I think everybody, when confronted with a musical that does that, and there are some brilliant modern ones too, like Hamilton and Come From Away that, that do oh, that. Oh, Come From Away. Oh, wow. dazzling. Wow. And people just know, they, they, they might not know why, but they know that it's, it is next level brilliant, you know? Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, for, for me, uh, musicals, are, are, I, I, that's what I'd go and see. And I, I love going to see plays. Don't get me wrong, but I will probably choose, if I'm honest with myself, I would choose a musical before a play. So if I had to go to, you know, I was invited to two play, two shows on one night, I think I would choose the musical over the play purely because I disappear into them. I just love them. And I don't, I don't, but I don't like a bad musical. So I won't name, but there's, there's a couple that are on at the moment in town, which I think are just trying to be what they're not but anyway i'm not going to name them because i've never said anything <laughs> horrible maybe uh, you can probably guess which one of them uh, is but but yes. also dear evan hansen now that's a, an incredible oh, musical and, yes. and in the heights which are the film if you haven't seen the film oh my word it's just i haven't seen the oh film. oh we'll go together again i'd watch it again and again and again it's just Brilliant, but it's brought musical theatre to a different level and people are now watching it. I mean, you know, Hamilton, people can say, what, rap for a whole musical? Musical now, people are are playing with that. And I think that's the same with television, with plays, with everything. We've got to be able to embrace a newness. Well, I think Hamilton, I think Hamilton in many ways is also a love letter to how musicals first came to being because there's everything in Hamilton from sort of jazz to rap to uh, even some classical musical influences and if you think about the early days of musicals people were sort of saying well now what is this is it is it opera is it jazz is it what is this musical style and it was a kind of wonderful melange of all of those things and it made a very singular, sort of by the 40s, a very easily identifiable Broadway sound, a big, lush Broadway sound. But at the beginning, people sort of were retraining their ears and they were saying, it's not quite operetta, 
it's not it's not quite jazz. I'm I'm not sure. Um, and and I love that Hamilton does that all over again. It sort of says, oh well, we can be a bit of everything. We can be a kind of delicious jumble because we've got this undergirding of incredible cleverness. You know, he's a clever man. He really is, Lin Manuel. He is a very clever man, isn't he? Back to you and your your wonderful career because obviously we can see you on television at the moment with Mary Berry's fantastic feast. Was that a joy to film? Oh, gosh, it was so incredibly joyous because that show really is all about altruism. That's the kernel of the whole thing. I mean, Mary um, finds somebody that is a deeply altruistic person. And in our case, it was a lovely Welsh lady called Soraya who runs a youth charity. And then she takes three people that want to surprise them and helps them with their scant, <laughs> at best, knowledge of cookery to uh, create a bespoke feast for that person to surprise them. So they really are pouring all of their love and all of their affection and all of their thanks into their dish. Um, and we had three delicious guys there, Mark and Callum, who felt utterly indebted to Soraya and uh, they tried so hard, not without hiccups, a few burnt scone bottoms on the way, but they, they got there. They got there with aplomb. <laughs> Do you know, it, and it was, it's such a warm show. It's a show that that sort of wraps you in a really lovely, warm, cake-like hug. Yeah, oh, that's the perfect description. I think it's so true because I think that, uh, you know... I think many people that's lives are pure altruism, as Soraya's really is. I think they almost forget themselves, you know. I think they plough on and they work relentlessly and tirelessly. And their reward is seeing the kind of beaming countenances of the people that they've helped along the way. But they seek no personal reward. They really don't. And so I think when one comes to them, it's such a, an ineffable surprise and uh, and she was truly dazzled. She was really dazzled by all that they did for her. Well, I recommend everybody watch it on, on iPlayer because it's just, it's lovely. It's yes, beautiful. Kleenex at the ready, I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I needed it. I was liberally leaky, liberally leaky. <laughs> you and your leaking. You do like to do, you and your leaks. It's very funny. I do. I, <laughs> I do. I'm like a geezer. Or oh, the boy that took his finger out of the dike, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just leave that hanging in the air. Um, but the other thing as well is now they're announced, and I knew uh, about them, but this is just fantastic, your books. So you've oh. got not just one, but two. Two Tom Reed Wilson books, one for kids and one for adults, although everybody could read them all. Oh, Gabby, well, it's so dear of you to mention them. I, I know that I've been... Um... <laughs> harping on about them for so long to you privately but um, it's because they've been in gestation for such a long time I mean I, I've been scribbling away for 18 months I mean it's been such a, 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 a mammoth task but also such a labour of love because um, you know my dad really instilled this this passion for language um, that we discussed before and uh, I, I mean, I remember uh, passing a, a shop window with him um, 
a beautiful, very festive window display. And he said, what a lovely window display. Window, van der Auger, the wind's eye, nothing to do with glass, everything to do with ventilation. And I remember eight or whatever I was thinking, oh my goodness. And realizing that every word tells a story. And indeed, that's the title of the children's book. Um, every word tells a story and it goes through the alphabet from A to Z and uh, and uses poetry to unpick the etymology, hopefully by stealth, without the listener really realising that they're learning the constituent parts of a word. I can give you an example if you like. Yes, please. A is aardvark. Aardvarks, like pigs, have a very long snout, helpful when termites and ants are about. They snuffle at night time for all they're worth and use their strong paws for digging the earth. In Dutch Afrikaans, we are given a clue by splitting their name from one into two. Aard is the earth and piggy is vark, for only an earth pig eats ants in the dark. <gasps> Tom, I've got goosebumps. That's <laughs> just wonderful. And I didn't know that. And now I know it. And I've just... <gasps> That's not so, for kids. It's for everybody. It's for oh, everybody. well, I hope so. I, well, from your lips to someone's ears, Gabby, I, 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 I do hope so. And then the adult book just has all the smut that I couldn't put in the children's book. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of Tom Reed Wilson. Oh, they're joyful. Yes. And they're, but you can also, you can order them already. So you might not get them in your hand, but you can order them. Aren't yes, they're that's, available for yes, in this aren't they? Uh, amazing um, digital world where things sort of come out virtually about six months before, and so you can make sure that it lands in your lap on on day of publication. Congratulations on the books. Thank you for mentioning them, darling. And then let's go back, if I may, to Celebrity Best Home Cook. Now you were wonderful on that, and you brought a whole new audience to the. Knowing you and knowing Tom Reed Wilson. Oh, darling, and that was so lovely. You that did experience. enjoy it, didn't you? You oh, really immensely. enjoyed it because you see, we filmed it coming out of the first lockdown, and you could see in all our faces when we went into our kind of uh, cubicled marquee. Oh, people, people, and. Uh, Ed and I would do the crossword every day and Ed Byrne and I had this wonderful game where we played six degrees of separation and he would say something like Samuel L. Jackson and I would say Margaret Rutherford and we had to link them, <laughs> link them by co-stars, which sometimes took us an age. And we just, and, and Desiree I adored and we went to the theatre together uh, last week and they've all remained such chums because... We bonded so furiously because of those circumstances. And also, we were sharing tips and hints. And if one of our home ex had said, oh, it's a good idea to roll pastry between two pieces of parchment, we'd tell our chums, you know, it, was, it, it really was a kind of sharing learning circle. You know, it was it was very, very munificent. It wasn't sort of competitive in a, in a horrible way at all and it was just lovely and I'm still so fond of them all and and cooking you love cooking I love cooking and I always say I think I get this from my maternal granny I put a big dollop of love in in every dish um I'm not a culinary wizard by any means but I cook with enormous 
passion and love. And I always hope that that might dance on the tongue a bit or on the palate afterwards. And they might be able to detect it as my most secret ingredient. Well, not secret at all, actually. I sing it from the rooftops. In fact, I always say to my brother, um, <laughs> I put a big dollop of love in this. And he goes, hmm, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect place for me to ask you what makes you laugh, because this is what we always ask in the podcast. What makes you properly belly laugh? So you laugh at everything, don't you? Well, I do like a bit of filth. I do like a bit of smut, (laughs) I have to say. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And also, I'm very drawn to very dry humour and comedians because... Um, I think I'm so interminably moist, you know, I, I, I just sort of, I cannot, I cannot achieve dryness of any kind. So anyone that's sort of very uh, brittle and, um, and slightly macabre has me in stitches. In fact, the spouse of, uh, of my best friend and mother of my godkids is incredibly dark and incredibly dry and when people meet him for the first time they're never quite sure if he's joking and that has me bursting at the seams I mean I I, I make puddles I've always been always been a rather leaky individual both ends actually my my bladder's far too close to my eyes as well like at the Garrick Dunning when when um when uh, Judy did um, our revels now are ended. These are actors, as I foretold oh. you, are but spirits. And I was, I was in a puddle on my seat. I, I think it was a little bit of both, actually, on that day. That was incredible. We're, talk, we're talking about because we went to see um, Judy and Finty and Sammy, and um, yes, uh, that was a wonderful evening. And then that divine surprise. And <laughs> do you know what I found so funny was that Judy, she said, "Well, I think the only thing that's appropriate." for the end of the evening, is Prospero's speech, Our Revels Now Have Ended, which is the speech that sort of says, you know, um, it's it reminds me of It's Only a Paper Moon, where you sort of say, you know, it's all, it's all of course, pretend. Oh, go on, sing but... that. End this with you singing that. Oh, well, I think this is the perfect song about the arts because it, it basically says... Everything that I list is pretend, but it won't be pretend anymore if you just believe in me. So it's only a paper moon floating over a cardboard sea, but it wouldn't be make-believe if you'll believe in me. Yes, it's only a canvas sky hanging over a muslin tree, but it wouldn't be make-believe if you'll believe in me. Tom Reed Wilson, thank you. Oh, darling, thank you so much. I've loved it. Thanks so much for listening. Coming up next week, comedian Paul Chowdhury. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions and music by Beth Macari. Could you please tap the follow or subscribe button? And thank you so much for your amazing reviews. We honestly read every single one of them and they mean the world to us. Thank you so much for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.